What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode, episode 27 of the Primetime Sports Podcast, hosted by Joey Mayalari. So today is a very special day for this podcast. I have my buddy coming on, Liam Kenny, one of my best friends, coming on to talk about how his hockey season went last year. He played for Concordia University in Ann Arbor in Michigan. Played for them last year. We'll be playing for them this upcoming season as well. Plays college hockey for them. Going to be talking to him about how his freshman season went. We'll preview this upcoming season as this is a sophomore campaign coming up in just about two months. We'll talk about his expectations for this season, what he learned as a freshman playing last year. And then we'll talk about the Bruins. We'll talk some Patriots, Giants. That's a big preseason game tonight. We'll preview that for you guys. And we'll also talk about the Celtics, potentially trading with Kevin Durant. We'll also give our opinions on the Cape Cod Baseball League Finals, which he actually worked for the Falmouth Commodores this past summer. So he's a lot to talk about for that. We'll break down how that season went as well. So as you can tell, we have a lot to talk about. I'm very excited to get him on. I'm going to have him on here in one second. Hope you guys enjoy it, and thank you again, as always, for listening. And here we are. Now I got my buddy Liam, as I said, sophomore defenseman at Concordia University of Ann Arbor in Michigan. Liam, how are we doing, kid? What's going on? Well, happy to be here. Uh, happy to be on the show for once. It's I nice love stuff. it. Concordia Hockey. We're going to talk a ton about that. We'll start with them. Thank you for coming on, though. I appreciate it. It means a ton to me. So last year, 13-16 record. Uh, you did play, though, some of my MAC schools, Kent State, Western Michigan, Toledo. I will say, yep. though, I will say my football alliance with those schools does not align with the hockey team, so I'm a Concordia fan all the way. But with that being said, though, this upcoming season, um, you got a ton of good games, which you start out the season with Oakland University of Michigan on September 30th and October 1st. I've been doing a ton of research of your schedule, your stats last year. I'm going to break down some of your numbers right now really quick. 15 games played, scored a goal, three assists, four points as a freshman defenseman. You scored your first goal, though, against Toledo. Your yep. first collegiate goal. Yeah. How was that, though, scoring your first collegiate goal? I'm sure it was a crazy moment. How was it, though? Yeah, it was awesome. Uh, I was paired up with one of our uh, captains at the time, Abel Christians. He was actually forward most of the year, but he dropped back to help with a couple injuries. Uh, and he just told me where to set up. I got a good draw off the uh, – they got a good win off the draw. I took a step to the right, shot it. Luckily, went right through the legs of one of my teammates and luckily found the net. There you so, go. No, that's awesome. I love it. I love yeah. it. I'm proud of you, though, because I know you've been putting in a lot of work, too. You've always been a great defensive defenseman. I know you always want to play great defense first, but I'm sure scoring a goal, there's no better feeling than that. I know you like blocking your shots and stuff like that, though, too. Yeah, I, absolutely. I know you yeah, like getting I've, back. Yeah, I've always been a defensive defenseman, but it's always nice to get a couple points on the score sheet. Definitely. That's a good thing, though. I mean, a lot of guys, which me and Mark, we're big Northeastern hockey fans. Jordan Harris, you know who he is on Northeastern hockey. Very good defensive defenseman. And sometimes you need that. I mean, he can help you on offense too, but you want a guy that's going to get back on defense, break up a couple players, two-on-ones. You're that type of guy, and I'm sure Concordia is psyched to have you out there. Big sophomore year coming up. Um, and one thing is you guys did lose to Indiana Tech in the WHAC semifinals last year. You did make it to the semis, though, which is awesome. What was it like playing in the playoffs? Yeah, so actually I was unable to play. Uh, our team itself played really well. Uh, we played uh, Lawrence Tech, which was a really hard game. We always have big battles against them. And then we were uh, able to take on Indiana Tech, which was huge. Uh, really good team. Uh, they're really physical. They're always dominating our division. And mm. a really, really good team in the uh, ACHA. Uh, we were going into it huge underdogs, but we were able to slug it out and have a pretty good game. Uh, but it's just reload. We're all looking forward to next year. It's just putting more into the fire. Our big thing is to beat Indiana Tech. They're one of the only teams in our division that we have not beaten yet. We mm-hmm. beat Tech last year, Aquinas, and... Um, 
Uh, we beat those teams last year for the very first time, so we're looking to make a big push this year to uh, finally get that win against Indiana Tech. Definitely. Yeah, I didn't know you didn't play that playoff game. I'm sure you would have helped out there. Um, you guys did make yeah. it the semis, though, so that's an accomplishment on its own. And obviously this year you guys have a lot to look forward to. And I'm going to break down some of the season preview in a few, but I'm going to ask you some questions about how your freshman season went. I did, as I said, I looked at the schedule a ton. Um, for this upcoming season, you don't play any MAC schools, really. No Toledo, I don't think. No Western Michigan. No Kent State. <laughs> This was last year. Uh, this year we're adding a lot of more road trips. Like we're having a stay over in Chicago to play Roosevelt. Uh, and then we're also going to uh, Pittsburgh for a uh, two-game series. So we're just kind of, uh, with COVID kinda finally settling down, we're doing a little more traveling. Which Definitely. Love. I love the overnights. Uh, makes it more fun when you play the team back-to-back, especially when you're in their home rank. It's going to be a big game. Definitely. Uh, Definitely. No, I'm excited to see you make a big jump this year. Um, so with your freshman season, you played 15 games, got a lot of experience. How do you think your freshman season went? Yeah, uh, for myself, I feel like I had a pretty good year. Uh, having having that one goal was huge. I was not expecting mm-hmm. that goals that year, so it was huge. Beautiful. Gosh, I had some bad luck in November. I missed about uh, five games with COVID. I was out for two weeks, so that mm-hmm. kind of stuck. But besides that, uh, I feel like I played really well, got good minutes, uh, the guys around me were super helpful. I had a lot of uh, older seniors who were captains and assistant captains who really guided the way for me to help me see like what I needed to change in my game to go from the junior level to the collegiate level. Mm-hmm. So that worked out. Definitely. And so what would you say is the biggest thing you learned as a freshman on the ice? I know you got a lot of experience, 15 games. You did have some things in the middle. As you said, COVID, it's tough to really get back with your rhythm. Obviously, conditioning, you lose that when you have COVID. So I'm sure you learned how to you know get back and, and you learned how to be resilient that's definitely one thing i can tell coming yeah. back from covid getting back on the ice but what's one big thing you learned as a freshman on the ice the biggest thing is you got to treat hockey like chess you always got to be looking ahead like when you're going to the corner with the puck you can't just be thinking about what you're going to do with the puck you got to think about okay i'm getting the puck there but what's going to happen after that you got to think like three steps ahead every single time mm-hmm. and- that's a huge thing our coach, Dave Wilberg, uh, preached that, like, you always got to be checking your shoulders. You always got to be looking steps ahead that if you're not preparing yourself for the next play, you're going to get smoked. Definitely. And that, I can definitely tell from well, – I watched a couple of the games. I did go to some of your games, too, over the years. And I can tell one thing about you. You always play very sound hockey all around. Um, you're not going to ever try to make a superstar play and then not get back on defense. You'd always rather get back on defense. I think that's very valuable in hockey. I watch, as I said, a lot of Northeastern hockey games, watch a lot of BC hockey games. I think the difference between some of those programs is a lot of the BC guys want to score, a lot of the defensemen. So over the last couple of years, Marshall Warren, that's one of them just to name them. Uh, But Marshall Warren always wants to score. He won't get back on defense. Jordan Harris, different on Northeastern, always wants to get back on defense. One thing about you is you want to get back on defense always. I think that's kind of like you said, playing chess. You always got to know your next move. If you guys take a shot and they're going to get a breakaway, someone's got to get back, and it's got to be you, obviously. So you, you're a very sound hockey player. I know that. Um, and I'm sure you're definitely looking forward to getting back on the ice this year. And I know you guys go back pretty soon, right? Yep, we're uh, heading back in a couple weeks. I'm going a little bit earlier to uh, meet up with some of the other defensemen to go over what our plans are for the year. And then I'm also going to L.A. like uh, we were talking about on the side earlier, which is going to be a lot of fun. And then uh, yep. we go when school starts. Yeah, yeah, you'll be going to L.A. to be there for the rugby championship, correct? Yeah, it's the uh, World, World Rugby Sevens Championship. They have a bunch of them all over the world. Uh, it's a lot of the uh, a lot of countries like Australia, the U.S., and a lot of others will be represented. It's a really great opportunity to have from one of my professors at my school. Uh, yeah. We have really, we're a small school. We got a lot of professors who got those connections to really help us uh, get to the next level where we want to go professionally and athletically. Dude, yeah, you have the best connections out of any school I've ever seen <laughs> someone go to. Like, I, I, I go to BC, big Power Five school. 
you know, I, my siblings went to Northeastern, like there's big schools like around here on the East Coast, but no one has these connections that Concordia University has in Ann Arbor. No joke. None, no, have, no schools have that connection. Yeah, I've been very lucky, especially as a freshman. I, I got to go to the Super Bowl, like we talked about. But like, I, yep. uh, I was able to go to the Super Bowl. Uh, I worked at SoFi right on the floor. Uh, I was able to uh, work Shannon Sharp's uh, Cognac Lodge event. Shannon Sharp, great guy, uh, really easy to have a conversation with. Awesome. Well, I was able to meet a bunch of big players, like one of our favorites in the past. Matt Judon was there. Mm-hmm. And that super nice guy. It was funny. Uh, they did an interview with him, and they were. Uh, it was like, come up with a funny question for him. And it was, what would be your million-dollar invention if you could make one? And his was slides that – I mean, uh, stairs that would become slides. Really? Like, yeah, that was his big million-dollar idea, like, to, like uh, – make a bun- ton of money and it was super funny just seeing the other side of the athletes like I met Michael Irving yeah I'm trying to think who else I met Michael Russ- Irving. you met Russell Wilson right I'm sorry you met Russell Wilson Russell Wilson yep I met Jay-Z I was able to shake Jay-Z's hand which was probably the best experience I had when I was there uh I met Usain Bolt uh Mary J Blige uh it was a really cool experience I got to meet a, re- a lot of really talented people Dude, yeah, you were all over the place meeting everyone. I remember every single day there was a new thing. Oh, dude, I just saw Russell Wilson. I just saw Jay-Z. You were jumping from one to the next, meeting everyone. I'm honestly so happy for you, too, because I know you've put in the work to make your connections, and obviously things are just coming to be, and you're making connections left and right, and that's honestly important. I know you're there to play hockey, as I said, but you also want to make connections in the sports world, too, since I know you want to be somewhere in the world of sports just like me, and it's important to make your connections. And at the end of the day, you've been doing just that. This is only a sophomore year. You're not even a sophomore yet. I mean, you'll be there in a week, but you still like you were only a freshman one year in and you made a million connections you yeah, know was, which is awesome i got very lucky with my small school and the people around me just wanting the best for everyone at school definitely and and you're in a good location too in michigan obviously there's some good good teams there too michigan obviously the biggest biggest school there being football wise too i mean that's a huge uh program right there in michigan but being yeah. where you were in michigan you would think on the east coast you'd have more connections just because all the teams that are around here you know, yeah, every every New York team, there's so many New York teams. You'd think if you if you went to a school in New York, you'd have more connections. But I think you have more connections there than you would at any other school. I think it's perfect. Yeah, I agree. I feel like the small, like Ann Arbor, even though, yes, like geog- geography and then like uh, population-wise, yes, it's a small town. Mm-hmm. But it really isn't with U of M being there. In uh, Grand Rapids, it's only two hours away. They have a ton. East Lansing has a ton of opportunities. Chicago is only four hours away. There's Columbus, there's Toledo, like we were talking about, Cincinnati. There's a yep. ton of great me right around me. Like, sadly, I was unable to. I was offered a position to uh, help run the alumni uh, tailgate uh, for the U of M football games. But because of hockey, I was unable to do that. I was very excited to turn that down. But um, just there's a million great opportunities. Just you got to put your name out there. You got to find the right people and just get your name and speak who you are. Definitely. And you've been doing that, though. And I'm really proud of you for that. And it's not easy doing that. Putting yourself out there, I feel like that's the hardest thing is – Going up, introduce yourself to people like Michael Irvin or Jay-Z, any of that. I mean, that's that's hard to do. But at yeah. the end of the day, that's a connection that no one else – I mean, I don't know anyone's ever met Jay-Z. You have, though, obviously. So uh, that's that's really cool, though. It's awesome. And you have been putting yourself out there meeting people. And, and look how far you've come. You're only a freshman, now a sophomore, and you've already yep. made a million connections, which is awesome. And I'm, I'm really happy for you. And you do have, like you said, the University of Michigan right there. So you have a big yeah. program right there if you want to go see a big uh, college football game. But you guys do have football, right? Yeah, we do have. We actually have one of the stronger teams in the NAIA. Uh, last year, we made it, I believe, to the semifinals. I could be incorrect. We won our division. Uh, every year, we're a powerhouse in the NAIA. I know for the Midwest division, we're right now ranked fourth in the okay. preseason. So, which is a little lower than we would like, but uh, I know that um, 
We have a lot of strong quarterbacks. We actually just had a transfer who was a walk-on at Texas A&M. Wow. And Cordia, uh, wicked nice guy. I worked a ton of events with him. Uh, Cody Wallace, he's going to be a really good quarterback in a couple of years. I feel like uh, Concordia has been getting on the map really soon for the uh, NAIA. That's awesome. Yeah, that's great. So the NIA in every sport? NAIA and everything? Uh, yeah, so for hockey, we um, they don't have an NAIA division. You have so ACHA, we're, right? ACHA, yeah. Yes. Uh, Got you. That's cool, though. And that, I mean, you're in a great location, too, as I said. So if you wanted to go see a Michigan football game, a Michigan, Michigan State, Michigan, Ohio State, any of those, you can just go yeah. right down the street. But then again, you have your own football program, which is nice. Because, I mean, a lot of schools around here, if you go to BU Northeastern, there's no football school. You yeah. know, there's no football program, which I think even if it's a small football program, just having anything it's is more, nice. Yeah. Yeah, the football, football, the atmosphere around football games. Like I played football, you played like we played flag football in high school. It's just yep. like football is just a different sport. It's like hockey. It's just like the atmosphere in the rink or in the stadium. It's just different. Like, Definitely. At, being at um, Michigan Stadium is just the big house. It's just a different experience. You just you can't compare it to anywhere else. It's just an amazing feeling. Definitely, right where Brady was too. You know, I know you're a big yeah. Brady guy. You know, I'm not the biggest Brady guy. I've become more of a Brady guy though. Draft him in fantasy, but. Uh, I know you're the biggest Brady guy, and a lot of our friends love Brady still, even though we left, yeah. obviously. But I know, I know, we went to the Bucks. Some people switched to being Bucks fans. You stayed a Patriots fan, though, of course. Yeah. See, I talking about all those trips I had. I also had the opportunity to go down to Tampa Bay to work uh, the Bruce Arians. Uh, they had a uh, every year the golf oh. tournament, their foundation, which is pushing for dude. Yeah, uh, it's nuts. Assets for um, underprivileged youth, and he's uh, de- uh, Mr. and Mrs. Um, Arians are amazing people. Them alone may be Buccaneers fans. I met them personally. We were talking for a little bit. They're just great people and always looking out for the best for everyone. They're just like, really good people. Dude, you've met everyone, honestly. And I honestly was going to ask you about that trip because I didn't know if it was in Florida. I thought it was somewhere yeah. closer to you. I don't know you went to Florida for it, though. I yeah, thought it was so, yeah. in the Midwest. Right outside Tampa Bay, it was, uh, the golf tournament was, uh, it was at the uh, course where they play the Valspar, which is on the PGA Tour. <laughs> Uh, there was a ton of people there. Uh, I met Vita Vea, who I have one of the funniest stories. But let me go. I'll go through what I met. <laughs> and I'll talk after I met Todd Bowles, super nice guy. Uh, now the head coach. Yeah, now the head coach. Yeah, I met. Uh, I actually met the entire offensive staff. Uh, I was working one of the holes, and they were asking if um, who was the next hole, and we had we were shooting the shit for a little bit. Super nice people. Mm-hmm. And I also met uh, a big, like another big podcast for the uh, Buccaneers called Loose Cannons. Super nice guys. They were offering me an internship pr- program where uh, I was like, "Sorry, I'm actually from Ann Arbor. I can't do it." But um, everyone in Tampa Bay were just super nice. They were just everyone wanted to be there, just put, ha- trying to have a great day of golf and just trying to put money back into the community around Tampa Bay and uh, Florida area. Dude, that's awesome. Yeah, you really do just keep building connections. That's great, though. And I don't even met the whole offensive stuff. I knew you met Arians. I knew you met Todd Bowles. But I don't even met everyone else, too. That's nice, though. It shows, like you said, they have a good community. If everyone's there at that tournament, that shows that there's a nice unity within the whole entire front office, which not many teams have that. I know, I know that's the goal, is to have unity between all the coaches and front office and your GM and your head coach. But it's not always like that. But it's nice to see a big time franchise like the Bucks right now, especially considering how well they've been playing over the last couple of years. It's cool to see them still really close and tight knit. Since, as I said, some teams aren't like that. The Giants have had their turmoil in the locker room now for the last few years with, you know, Joe Judge and everything. But, you know, but hey, that's awesome. That's great, though. And then Vita Vey you met, too. So he was there. Yeah, so it's even well, players there. Yeah, so Vita Vey was there. Um, we were uh, one of the holes. I want to say it's like hole six. It was a par three. And he went up with his driver. I was like, oh, you shouldn't go with the driver. We're going to hit it too far. He's like, no, I got it. Goes up, rips a bomb off the tee. 
I've never seen a person place ball. It was like 10, 10 feet from the cup. It was a great hit. After the fact, Euro steps, goes back to the, where uh, the sponsor for the hole, which was Loose Cannons, yeah. uh, okay, grabs a chicken wing and just destroys the chicken wing. It was one of the funniest things. He's a gentle giant, such a nice guy. I like. If I didn't know he was a football player, like I wouldn't tell. Like he's not this big, like he's not a scary guy. Super, always smiling, just always just having a great time. He's a super nice guy. It was awesome to meet him and just see that experience and just see him interacting with the fans. Dude, that's really. awesome. Yeah, the chicken wing too. I didn't know that. That's oh, a great yeah. story. They were really good chicken wings. I got to say, they were really good chicken wings. Like, I did have a couple. They were really good. I'd imagine, dude. That's great, though. That, that's sick. Yeah, so you just keep making connections. I said, that's just unreal. That's going to be the theme of this. I mean, when I write the title at the end of this, it's going to be all the connections my guy made in just one year. <laughs> Met the entire Timber Bay Buccaneers staff, their coaches, their players, everything. You met everyone. It's awesome, dude. It's great. And as yeah, I said, that's keep that's building cool. that. Keep building. I mean, you're only a sophomore now. You still have three more years to keep building that. And we're going to get into, too, uh, we'll talk about what it's like being a, a sports business major because that's what your major is, right? Yeah. We'll talk about that, too, and what it's like you know, being a sports business major and then making all these connections, too. But one last thing about hockey. So what was the transition like from going from the juniors to the ACHA? Yeah, it was tough. Um, so I was uh – Let's go back to the start of my last year in juniors. I signed in the EHL, which is the Eastern Hockey League, yep. usually air league, push guys to the NCAA D3 level. And I ended up signing with the uh, Maine Cliffs out of uh, Bitterford, Maine. Uh, James Ryers, he was the GM there. When I met him, really nice guy. Um, he knew what he was doing. Uh, and then uh, a couple things happened with the program, just a couple issues. A lot of extra guys came up that uh, – a lot of guys they signed came up. They traded for a couple of guys in like one to three deals. So the roster was really big. I ended up getting traded to Motor City. Met Jason McCrimmon, super nice guy, really really smart hockey guy. Uh, played over in Finland. He played in the IHL and the Fed back in the day. Just a really huge guy. He used to uh, big teddy bear, but he's he could kill you. He's a he's a fighter. But um, I went to Motor City. Ended up uh, getting the sea there. That was a lot of fun. Uh, being the captain there, meeting all the Detroit guys. It was a lot of fun. We had a tough season, uh, only uh, notching one win all year. It was <laughs> tough. Uh, we got, we, but like, we are a really tight-knit group. We all worked together pretty well on and off the ice. It was no, like, uh, off-ice problems. Mm-hmm. Uh, and actually with Rick Shore, who was the uh, scout at Concordia, uh, I came in, met a couple of the guys. It was just, like, it fit like that. I snapped, like, snapped my fingers and I was there. Like, it was amazing. Super nice players. I ended up... Uh, figuring out like we had a lot of similar teammates from juniors and stuff so it helped make connections and the biggest struggle was just going from a team where we were losing a ton of games to where the culture was we need to win mm-hmm. it was all right going from like never-ending pressure in the d zone when we're getting pressured every game playing guys in the ohl and the w whl these guys who one of them got drafted. I played against two guys last year who ended up getting drafted in the NHL. They yeah, the OHL is nuts. The OHL yeah, is so stacked. Cal- it shows the caliber of the skills. With COVID, it made it really hard. A lot of those guys came over to the U.S. and it was just a trickle-down effect. Guys who in the U show went down on the NAL. Guys in the NAL came on the USP. It was just all the leagues got a lot stronger, which made the top teams a lot stronger. It made that divide really big. <laughs> so um, It was really hard just going from that difference of like, I need to move this puck or I'm going to get smoked. To, uh, I have the time. Let's make the correct play. Let's move forward. That's yeah. probably my biggest thing, and I'm still working on that. I'm really trigger happy when I get the puck, but that's something I need to work on and just perfect that part of my game, like being stronger, having more confidence with the puck, knowing that I have that outlet pass or 
I have that extra time, extra space, that extra second. Yeah, I know it's probably tough, too. Like you said, you're playing all those OHL guys, which the OHL stacked. I know they didn't have a season in 2020, right, because of COVID. So yeah. a lot yeah. of those guys came to America to play. Yeah. And that's the problem with, you know, the competition, I'm sure, was really high there. And that's a problem if you have a team that only has – one win, it's going to be tough to keep up with those OHL guys. But I know you I know you play the game very well, as I said, play the game right. And sure, you chip the puck against the boards when you could to avoid a hit. But at the same time, you got to make a right play, even though you guys only had one win. You still want to make the right play for the team. And Absolutely. sometimes that means getting hit. Or that sometimes means you hitting someone else. I know you've had some big hits in the past taking guys out in the middle of the ice. I've seen some of those clips. <laughs> Yeah, I definitely like playing a physical game. Uh, the puck, the, controlling the puck, like we were talking about, that's the biggest part I need to fix. I'm very, I feel like I'm a very strong defensive defenseman, throwing the body, getting in scrums when I need to, stepping up for the guys. But just the offensive side of my game just needs to get critiqued and get a little stronger, and that's going to be the big piece for next year, going into next season. Definitely, absolutely. So, with that being said, now we're going to transition a little bit about what it's like being a student athlete, which we already yeah. got into all the connections you've made. So the question I had about the Super Bowl, you already answered that. You did great with that. You answered a ton about all the connections you made through that. And then obviously with Bruce Arians, a lot of yeah. connections in the NFL, Bruce Irvin. I'm Michael Irvin, excuse me. Not Bruce Irvin, the former linebacker. Michael Irvin, <laughs> former great yeah. wide receiver. But Bruce Irvin would have been cool as well. Um, with that being said, though, as for what it's like being a student athlete, how was the adjustment to college learning as a sports business major and then also balancing that with being a college athlete, which that's really hard for a lot of people to balance classroom and playing. So I guess that's the first part of the question. What, what was it like balancing both of those? Yeah, it was, it was definitely, uh, it's definitely a change from being in juniors and having that full gap year where my life was hockey, and that's it. I woke up, skated, lifted. That was it. Like hockey was my life for a full year. So it was really hard making that transition back to being back in the classroom, but a big thing that helps is Concordia requires for all their student-athletes uh, study table hours, which is players have to be in the library and clocked in for a certain amount of hours each week or there'll be consequences from their coach, which I feel like is a really good thing to keep your players accountable, which it definitely made me accountable being on campus. I totally could have just stayed in my room playing PS4 all day. Yeah. Getting the stuff, you know. But um, we had to be in the, we had to be in the, um, had to be in the library. But it ended up being like it made us as – on campus freshman or anyone else who's on campus made us a lot closer and tight net because a lot of us are the same major it's a lot of sports hospitality and business shb that's what our major is and then uh jpp which is justice and public policy a lot of the hockey players are both those majors so it helped a lot because we're taking all the same courses we were able to work together and collaborate and um that definitely helped in the classroom our school is extremely small uh like we said it's a very small school uh 1200 students uh, a lot of our classroom sizes are super small, which definitely helped. It made my life a lot easier having the classes capped around 18. Uh, some of my classes even got down to about, like, six kids in the classroom. It's crazy. Wow. But uh, definitely like that. It definitely, like, uh, our school and high school, Boston Collegiate, like, smaller classrooms definitely helped me out a lot. Uh, it makes it easier to have that one-on-one connection with your teacher rather than, like, U of M when you're in a hall with, like, 400 other students. Yeah. And you're li- but, um, mm-hmm. I, I definitely feel that. I, I know with me at BC, big school, not all the time, but because I, I like to make connections with our professors and get to know them. But there will be times when you're in a lecture with 250 kids, 300 kids, and even if you introduce yourself, they're not going to remember your name. So I think right. you being in a classroom of 6 to 10, 25, I think even 30 and under, it's very easy to make a connection with a professor. And anything over that, like 50, I guess you make a connection. But anything over that, like 100, I mean, they're not going to remember your name even if you went up to them the day after. 
it's really hard for them to remember 100 names, especially when considering, I mean, at the end of the first day of class, a lot of kids go up and introduce themselves. Unless you make a really good mock on them, it's going to be hard for them to remember your name the next day unless you go to office hours a ton. So having that connection of six people in a classroom, that makes it very easy. You get to know the professor well. They get to know you well. They, and you can even talk to them too about anything. I know, I'm sure you probably start talking about your hockey games and, and all that. Yeah. I think it's easy to make connections like that, you know? Which it's yeah. interesting that when you go to a school that's smaller, you could you know it feels a lot more united. Even though my school's big, ten thousand kids, just about you'd think there'd be a lot more unity. I mean, there is a unity to it, but I think a smaller school there's a tight knit group yeah, feeling to it. You know what I mean? It's not the same at a bigger school. Yeah, absolutely. Talking about the tight knit start, uh, my school actually is eighty five percent student athlete. So if you're in a classroom, almost your entire class could also be student athletes. So we all have the same problems where it comes. We have lifts, we have skates, we have runs, we have training, we have all the stuff on top of our classroom and our homework. So our teachers totally understand that. And actually, my advisor actually played college soccer at uh, UNC and also coached uh, for a couple years mm-hmm. after that. So she totally gets the, uh, the student-athletes out of it. So she's super supportive with uh, setting up my, class, my, uh, my uh, class load where on days I'm going to have games like Fridays. Like I have class, my class stop at noon mm-hmm. the day to get ready for game day and stuff like that and mentally get prepared. And Monday, I have uh, more of my classes because I don't have I don't have practice that day. So mm-hmm. I, can try, I can in on off days, so then I can try to get my homework done and stuff like that. It's just a lot of the professors and my advisors they understand your point of view. It's not like you guys are so separated where it's so hard to understand what's going on. We're very similar, and it makes it a lot easier to communicate and get what you need for yourself to be su- successful. Definitely, I'm sure that makes it easier too. When you need, when you have a problem, you don't understand something in, in a class or something. It's very easy to go up to a professor when there's six people, and I'm sure it's even harder as a student athlete. I mean, you probably have practice and stuff after class, so it's hard for you to even find the time really to yeah. to meet with the professor. For me, at a big school, sometimes to meet with the professor, you might go to office hours, might be a million kids there, and you might not be able to meet with them. So yeah, as I was saying, at a big school like BC, it's very hard to find the time to meet with the professor because the professor might have. You know, 10 other kids to meet with in that same day. But in a smaller school, six kids in a classroom, you have a lot higher of a likelihood that you can meet with the professor and talk with them. And I think that's a really cool environment. And we, like we were just talking about, 85% of your school is student athletes. It creates a nice, tight-knit group group of students. You know, it's really cool, and that's awesome. I didn't know it was that many. I would have said yeah. like 70. Because, I mean, looking at your team for next year, which we just talked about this a minute ago in the break we just had in between, you know, cuts there. Um <laughs> Your school, though, is going to have a, a bigger hockey program now, so you're going to make it into two teams, right? Because I saw there's like 30, 25 freshmen coming in, it looked like, just off the top yeah, of the head. Will, yeah, we have a lot of freshmen. Um, so the goal for the two teams is we're going to have our D1 team, which is going to be our uh, more competitive team that's going to continue playing in the WAC. Uh, and then our D2 team is going to be independent, and it's going to probably play a shorter schedule. And it's going to be more for those guys that we have coming straight out of high school or only played one year of juniors who's a little bit more undersized and just needs more time to get to that next level to play at the D1 level. It's hard. It's a huge jump from going from juniors or even high school to make that jump to the D1 level. So it helps to have that extra buffer for like half the season or a year or whatever. And it also helps for upperclassmen who, say, aren't the most skilled or uh, go through injuries or stuff like that. It gives them time to, like, it's like a farm system. It's like mm-hmm. how the MLS has the Woo Sox. It's just, like, to just build up our core so we can just be even more competitive and even more dominant in the coming years. Definitely. That's awesome, though. I think that's really good. You have a, a, a big team, so two different, it's the same, you know, roster. You know, it's one roster. Yep. But I think it's a good thing, though, having two teams like that. If someone gets hurt, you can bring them up. If someone's nasty playing on, let's say, the lowest squad, 
let's say they're freshmen, they're young, maybe not as built, but they're scoring a ton. You might build, you might bring them up, build their game just because they're scoring a ton. Obviously, you guys will probably still be practicing. I'd, I'd imagine similar times or practicing together. Maybe there's a lot of kids on the ice, but you might be practicing together, and you might see, oh, this kid's on only a freshman, only 16, 17 years old, whatever. He's seventeen. But, hey, he's killing it right now on the lower yeah. team. Bring him up. I think that's really good. I think I didn't even know about that. I was going to say, I, that was one of my questions when we got into the roster. Yeah, this is our, uh, one of our newer announcements. It's been in the works for about a year, but uh, it finally just came to fruition uh, in the last couple weeks. Uh, but it's huge. It's going to be really big for uh, Concordia. We're going to have a lot more funding for our program, which is going to help us succeed more. Uh, and overall, it's just I, I don't see any bad sides to it. It allows for more ice time for the guys who wouldn't get ice time on the D1 team. Allows them, allows us to actually play more teams at the D2 level to then see how other teams farm teams are. Because there's a lot of teams in our area, Indiana Tech, Lawrence Tech, Adrian, like I was talking about, who's always one of the more dominant teams uh, at the NCAA and the ACHA level. It allows us to just kind of feel it out to see what their farm systems are also like. Mm-hmm. So Absolutely. Positives. Definitely. That's great. So now we'll transition to the season, give a quick season preview. So going into year two, we talked a lot about your main things you want to work on. What What is the the main thing you've worked on in the off season? So over the summer, skating-wise, maybe stick-handling-wise? Yeah, so um, I, I am coming off an injury. Um, prior to last season, I did uh, I did uh, mess up my AC joint on my left shoulder. So I've been working on that a lot, a lot of PT stuff, because my benching is like I can feel when I'm pushing up the bar, I can feel my left side a lot weaker. So I've been working on that, because that is my dominant hand when I'm shooting. Um, but the main thing I've been working on is agility. Just I am not – I will always say I am not the fastest guy. I will never, ever be the fastest guy on the ice. If I am, there's a problem. But I feel like if I'm able to work on that part of my game, it's going to allow me to have that extra second so then I can pick up my head and make the, make the right play and dish the fuck out or whatever I need to do. Definitely. I think one thing, though, about hockey, sometimes you don't have to be the fastest guy, but if you're hustling the most, that makes a big difference. Sean Thornton wasn't the fastest guy in the Bruins. Hustled, had a lot of big hits, too, obviously, but always hustling out there. And I rate that heavily when I look at any athlete, whether it's hockey, baseball, basketball. Any athlete, like the Clippers, you know I like the LA Clippers, they hustle a lot. They're dogs. I, I actually rate that heavily when I look at an athlete, look at a team. If they're hustling a ton, I think that makes a big difference at the end of the day. And even if you're not the fastest guy, you, sometimes sometimes you're going to be faster than the other guy you don't think is faster than you just because you got to the puck and you're hustling more. There might be a guy that you might think is faster than you, but if you're hustling more and he's taking his time getting there, you might get it. You, know, you might beat him. That's the thing about you. I know you hustle. It's not just hockey, though. I mean, we played baseball together. We played basketball together. We played hockey. We played everything together. Everything yeah. but hockey, actually. I should say football, which we still have to do that. I still <laughs> have to get in the ice. Absolutely. I still have to get in the ice with you just to mess around. I mean, we've always messed around with you know, our buddies Ryan and, and obviously Joe Ho and all them saying that I would turn into Ovechkin when I get out there. But it's an inside okay. joke. Inside joke for the viewers. <laughs> Um, but that, then with that being said, though, with football and everything, you always hustle in every sport. So that's a good thing. Though. You don't have to be the fastest guy out there sometimes. And sometimes the fastest guy doesn't get to the puck since they're not hustling. I think that makes a difference, especially in hockey. A lot of the time, you have to get down there, try to beat an icing call, stuff like that. You have to be hustling at all times, especially playing at, a, at the college level. I mean, a lot of kids are going to be fast. So you've got to really yeah. give it your all every single shift. And I think it's a good thing with you guys having a big roster, too, because – I mean, I don't know how many guys you can carry on game day, but it might help if you're getting, like you were saying, when you were playing in the juniors, it was tough. You were, you know, you were getting pressured in the defensive end every yeah. single game. So I'm sure you got gassed easily out there, but I think that helps you with 
getting stamina now playing at the, this level. Everything you've done in the past has helped you get to where you are today, and I'm sure all those skills from the juniors to here have translated well, and now you're even building them all. Like you said, you're working on, obviously, a shoulder injury. That was an injury on the ice, but you're still working on getting that strong, going to get you know full recovery on the ice. But like you were saying, skating, big part of the game. Decision-making, I'm, I'm, that's not really a big thing you have to work on because you've always been a very good decision-maker in all the sports. Like I said football, you know, where, you know where to throw, which we can get into flag football talk a little bit if we want. But yeah. oh, you would God. know where to throw the ball always, and you would know every single play, which you were probably the only one besides Sam Alexis that knew every single play and every single, every single offensive playbook. Every yeah. one of them. Every one of them. I'd go over to you some plays and just say, dude, what am I doing on this play? <laughs> right? Yeah, you cut like – like we are talking about, like whether it's plays or whether it's knowing where the puck needs to be, it just comes down to making yourself. Coach can't take you off the ice. Like no matter skill, does like does not have to matter. It's you know where you're supposed to be and what you're supposed to do every single second. Your job is to make sure your coach can't take you off the ice. That's how you get the most ice time. That's how you get the most playing time in football. It's like studying the playbook. It's like knowing where I need to be to succeed the most, or showing coach that I am putting in the most work off the ice, on the ice, everything. That's going to make the difference between whether you're playing or not. You just got to make yourself indispensable. Absolutely. And that's a good thing, though, is that's a great trait to have, though. Wanting to get better. Obviously, doing your homework on the outside is very important, too. I know a lot of guys, which we were talking about this before in our group chat, Kyla Murray, part of that, which I know it's gone now, that provision in his contract, though, with the homework then we have to study more. I don't know if that means he wasn't studying before, but at the end of the day, you want to be putting in the work off the ice, just like you are in the football field, You know, whatever sport we're talking, whether it's Kyle Murray in football or you in hockey, which very similar players on the football field. We'll talk about that too. Two-sport athlete out here, quarterback, oh, yeah. defenseman. You got both there. But you got to be able to do your homework off the ice, off the field like Kyle Murray. Now, obviously, I don't know if that meant he wasn't doing his homework, but you have to be dedicated off the ice if you want to be the best player of your caliber, of your ability. If you want to be to the best of your ability on the ice, you have to do homework off the ice. And that's a big thing now, I'm sure, with the jump from juniors to now playing in, in college. It's, you're probably doing more, a lot more studying of film. And even if you're not studying, maybe you probably probably studied in, in the juniors, right? You guys have yeah, film? Yeah. film every week. Okay. Yeah, just, yeah, checking on the other teams and stuff like that. Yeah, Got you. We de- definitely do it more at the collegiate level. Uh, we do it uh, – usually we uh, try to do uh, – at least once a week as a team, uh, and then we, of course, like, my roommates will, like, throw the TV on and just watch, like, the other team playing or just, like, talk about, oh, this guy did this, and, like, we should cover, watch that, stuff like that, which is always huge. One of the hugest things was one of our wins against uh, U of M Dearborn last year was purely just us analyzing the film and seeing, okay, every single time they send their guys up the ice on the sides and cross, if we just stay man-to-man, they will not score. And that's how we ended up getting a sweep against the ranked opponent last year and getting our first win ever against U of M Dearborn both on the road and at home. And it was actually one of my last games, and I had uh, two assists that game. Kind of proud about that game. There you go. Yeah, we uh, we definitely – it definitely comes down to the film room and just knowing what your opponent's going to do. It's you, If you mimic your opponent, they can't do anything. If you stay in front of them, you watch that chest, you watch that puck, you make sure they can't get it to the net, you're going to play in games. It comes down to that. Definitely. And speaking of talking about your teammates, I know you were saying you were watching a lot of film with your teammates, watching games. So as a team, as we were just talking, we have a ton of incoming freshmen coming in. That was one of my questions, but now I got it answered. You guys will have two teams now, obviously. But you're bringing back a lot of key pieces, and I was looking at the roster, looking at a lot of stats. Hunter Kempel, he had yep. a big year last year. Hunter was killing it out there, 11 goals, yeah. 11 assists, 22 points as a junior. Now he's come back as a senior. He also had a good year as a sophomore in the 2019-2020 season, 13 goals, 14 assists, 27 points that year, seven power play goals that year too. He also yeah. actually holds – the most career goals in Concordia history with 48. 
The next closest yeah. is 34. So there's a big gap there. So you have him coming back. Very big piece there, obviously, on the offensive end. You need goal scoring to win a game. You need defense, too. Everything. It's very – it's like football. You need all three phases of the game to be playing well. Just like in hockey, you need your goalie to be playing well. You need to be in line with your defensemen and your forwards. That's just a big part of hockey, too. Yeah. And you have a big piece coming back there, a big part of the offense. And he was actually a second-team all-conference last year. Two-game winning goals. Team leader in goals with 11. Second in points. Um, and he also is a scoring machine, so I think this this year could be his best year, considering now he's a senior, has a lot more experience on the ice. What's it like playing with him? I mean, I didn't even know. As I said, I watched a couple of your games, but yeah. I was always watching for you most importantly. But now when I'm looking at all the stats, dude, 11 goals, he had a big year last year. What's it like playing with him? Yeah, Hunter, Hunter just, he changes the game. Keppel, he's a great guy. He's going to be go, going into his fifth year, actually. Last year was a senior. Of his yeah, I saw that, actually, because I saw yeah. he was playing in the 2018-19 season. But I don't know if yeah. that was like a COVID thing they gave you another no. year. Yeah. yeah, so he's going to be a fifth year. Uh, last year, he was wearing the A, and this year, we have a new group of captains coming in. So uh, he's going to take a little more uh, step back from the leadership side of it. But uh, Keppel, he just changes the game. He knows where to put the puck. He's... He also is a big guy. He's around like uh, I want to say like six three, six four. He's a huge guy. I think he's listed at six four, if I remember right. When I looked at the last time. Big guy. He throws the body around. He's a great guy to have in the locker room. Super funny guy. He always can just change the mood if anyone's like looking down. Super nice guy from Pittsburgh. We actually almost played together. I got drafted in juniors to the team he was on, and if I signed, I would have played with him. But yeah, Keppel's a great guy. Uh, always looking out for the boys. Uh, can put that puck in the net. And he, one of the has some of the best accuracy I've ever seen at anyone shooting the puck. It's crazy. He's just he can just do some things that I couldn't even dream of doing with the puck. Hey, I mean you're putting in the work right now, but that's the thing though. Right. As you said, it comes full circle. You were drafted to the same team before, and now you guys are playing together. But that's really cool though. And as we were talking about before, your defenseman, you like playing defense more than you want to be a great defensive forward. And sometimes at an expense of that is. You don't really work on your offensive game as much. You still try to work on it, but at the end of the day, you want to be the best defensive defenseman you can be, and that's very valuable. You know what I yeah. mean? I'm sure if you worked on your shot more than you were working on your skating and everything else, you'd be scoring more goals. But at the end of the day, the best you, the best that the team needs you to be the best defenseman you can be. And I yeah. think at the end of the day, sometimes that comes at the expense of scoring. As I said, some Northeastern defensemen, Julian Kisslin was a senior this past year, transferring the out now for his fifth year. He only had one goal, or no goals actually, heading into his senior year. So no goals his first three years, had a couple goals as a senior now. But he didn't score much, you know, in his first three years at all. He had a couple points, you know, assist-wise. But he wasn't shooting the puck as much because he's working on getting back on defense a ton. And sometimes that's the expense of scoring is you want to play better defense. At the end of the day, you're doing that right now, as you said. You're working on your skating and everything. And Keppel, obviously, it's nice to have some guys that can score around you. But I think yeah. you're going to. I think you're going to have more opportunities this year to score. And I would not be surprised if your goals in assists and points all go up this year. I think it's going to be a big year for you. And I'm excited to see the team. You also lost a couple pieces, though. Abel Christians. We were talking about him. You mentioned his name earlier in the podcast. But most career points in Concordia history with 92. Great player too. I mean, losing him's tough. He was also the conference player of the year this past year. Yeah, yeah, Abel was a huge anchor for our team. He was a captain since his freshman year from when the program started. He's just he, – he is he is that guy. He was just – he would bully people on the ice. He was just always – he was the perfect captain we could have had. He was always in the – always looking out for the players. If we ever needed help, you could text him and help you out. Always in the uh, in the weight room. If someone was slack in the weight room, he would make them come live with him and they push him harder. He just wants the best for himself, for his team, and everyone around him. It's just – he is he's that guy. Like, he's – now he's going to serve our country in the Marines. Uh, now he's after his uh, collegiate career is over, uh, and he's he's just a great guy, looking out for the guys. Um, 
could put the puck in the net like anyone could. He had uh, our first one of the year was actually a shootout. I mean, sorry, a penalty shot in OT, and it was just so cool, complected. Scored far, uh, short side, and then just did the Mark Messier uh, and in the air. He's just he's great character on and off the ice. Just a really great guy. Just he he can play hockey like no one else. Yeah, the Mark Messier celebration. That's sick. That's awesome. And yeah, he had a really good year though. Last season, 10 goals, 24 assists, 34 points, which is actually the most in a single season in program history. So he's a very big piece of that program. Obviously, now he's gone. He's serving, you know, for the country and the Marines. So thank him for his service, too. But he was a very good hockey player, too, out there on the ice and shows, you know, whatever he puts his mind to, whether it's the Marines, whether it's hockey, he was doing big things. And that's the thing, though. As I said, I watched a lot of your games last year. I was always focusing on you. I wasn't really focusing on everyone else out there. But I was looking at all the stats here now. I didn't even realize, like, you're the conference player of the year. I didn't realize that until now. And that's a great yeah. accomplishment, especially considering, like you were saying, you have a lot of good teams in your conference, whether it's Indiana Tech, Adrian, all those, a lot of good teams in your conference. And look at that. This kid was player of the year playing for you guys, yeah. which is awesome. You had a really great year. Um, he stayed healthy, did everything did everything that was asked of him. He just just did everything he needed to do and was successful and he was rewarded for it. Definitely. And so one last piece I want to talk about coming back. So we talked about your big yep. goal scorer losing, obviously, a, a big point scorer there with Abel leaving. You got your goalie coming back. I think his name is pronounced Sakura. Anthony yeah, Sakura, is it? Yeah, he's, uh, yep, he's a uh, freshman out of uh, South Dakota. Uh, super nice guy. Um, I met him when he first moved in. I was helping move in. He's just a really nice guy. Um, super good goalie. I never expected, when I first met him, didn't expect him to be that great. He is just one of the most flexible, knows where the puck's going. Just has great anticipation for the game. He can read it really well. He can play the puck. He's vocal when he needs to be. He's quiet when he needs to be. He's a leader. He's a from being a freshman. He was a leader right off the bat with the goalie room. He, he's just a really good guy, and he knows the game of hockey pretty well. Definitely, and that's awesome. That's what you need. You need a guy back there that's going to put in the work. And like we were just talking about, you said he was a very good goalie. He had a very good year this last year. Seven wins last year, which was the most actually in program history in a single season. Yep. Uh, was also second team all conference. Had a shout out versus Toledo. That same game, you scored your first goal. October yep. 15th, baby. Same day yep. you scored your first goal. So it was a big game for you and him both. Um, 89.9% save percentage this past year. 7-7 seven and seven record. Now coming back as a sophomore. Probably going to have a bigger season this year, I'd imagine. And it's yep. tough. I'm sure even as a defenseman, as a goalie too, tough jumping and just playing college hockey from playing the juniors, whatever you're playing, whether it's a goalie or defenseman, it's yeah. tough to jump up and play at that level. And having seven wins last year, being 7-7, seven and seven, that's actually a great record, especially considering he's young, only a freshman. Now a sophomore, right? He's your, he's your age hockey-wise, yeah. right? Yeah, actually, actually, we have the same exact birthday all around, July 5th, 2000. Really? Exactly. Oh, wow. Around. Yep, very funny. Yeah. That's awesome. You're older than Zion Williamson by a day, if I remember I right, right? By a day, yeah. Exactly, yeah. So if he ever comes out, you can say I'm older by a day. If you ever get in a feud oh, yeah. with him. That's going to help me. If you ever get a feud with him, you can say you're older, by, older than him by a day. But I always remember that fun fact. I didn't realize you had the same birthday as Sakura. Though. That's cool, though. Yep. But he had a very good year last year, as I said, 7-7 seven seven record. And one other thing I was looking at the roster, you have a Brendan Murray on the roster, but it's not the same Beamer. We do have Brendan Murray, yes. Brendan Murray was uh, he was my roommate last year. Uh, he's from Monroe, Michigan. Uh, nice kid. Um, didn't I? Uh, he was uh, he's a little undersized, so uh, he wasn't really throwing the body. He has to adjust from being that he was that guy in high school uh, from his uh, small town uh, SMCC. Made the jump to the collegiate level uh, straight from high school. Uh, played in a ton of, a ton of games, uh, got some points, had a good goal against Lawrence Tech. Uh, he's a good player. Uh, he's going to keep growing. He just needs to get bigger. That's going to be the big thing in his game. Absolutely. 
you guys have a lot of good pieces coming back. And as I said, you guys have a lot of incoming freshmen coming in. So I'm interested to see how the two teams work out, how many freshmen you have in your you know, real roster in the top one, yeah, and then little, what the little. bottom one looks like too, which I think it's going to be good for kids like we were saying, kids that are just freshmen, undersized, maybe got maybe they're big, you know, big kids, but they still got to work on certain parts of the game, whether it's skating, scoring, stuff like that. It's going to be good for them to get some experience playing-wise. I think the best way to get better is playing or practicing. Either way, just being on the ice is the best way for you to get better at the yeah, game, whether gotta, it's playing or practicing. You just got to keep getting the reps. It's going to make a difference between whether you're going to play on the top team or the bottom team. You just got to get the reps and then do what you can with those reps, no matter if it's just one or if it's two or if it's a million. You got to try 100% every single time. That's going to make the difference between what guys, which whether a freshman makes it or a junior gets sent down, it's just or even me gets sent down. It just comes down mm-hmm. to coming in every play and just doing your best. Definitely. And so now... Last couple questions about the hockey team. I'd imagine this is – I already know the answer to this one. I'd imagine the answer is your first game of the year. But which game are you looking forward to most? I know you open up with Oakland University of Michigan on September 30th and October 1st. Yeah. I'd imagine it's probably the game you're looking forward to most, just getting out there on the ice. But any other game besides – or is it that game? Yeah, so Oakland Oakland being a big game to open the year. We never played them before. Uh, very close to us in uh, like distance. Uh, a couple other big games I'm looking forward to is uh, – when we tra- travel to uh, Chicago to play Roosevelt, uh, one of a close friend of mine and uh, one of our goalies last year, uh, Stephen War Brown, actually just transferred because uh, we had a pretty large goalie room, and he saw what he saw was in front of him and uh, made the best decision to transfer. He will be missed this year in the locker room and on the ice, but it'll be fun to play against him, see him again, uh, and I, also one of my old assistant coaches is also playing there now. I mean, sorry, coaching. Coaching. There now. Awesome. Uh, I'm looking forward to every game against a whack opponent, which is what I should say. But all those games are always huge battles. We're throwing the body. It's getting chirpy. Everyone's in each other's faces. It's just good hockey where you need a, every point matters. Whether we're playing Indiana Tech in Indiana, where they are one of the best teams in the country playing at their home rink, or playing uh, Rochester, who because of uh, numbers last year, they were unable to have uh, most of their season. It just comes down to those teams, every team in our division can win a game, can win or beat us. It just comes down to showing up every game. So there's going to be some big ones. Uh, John Carroll is also a big one. Uh, mm-hmm. from, uh, from high school. Andrew Sahatchin is, I believe, either the second or shirt thring, shirt, third string goalie there. So uh, it would be very nice to see him again, see if uh, he's getting some ice or not. Uh, so, yeah, we have a ton of big games in this schedule. Just looking forward to all of them. But uh, Roosevelt's a big one. Indiana Tech is a big one, and then, like you said, Oakland's another huge one. Definitely. And so I think you kind of already answered this question before, but the question I was going to have the next one was, how are you feeling about the season? I can tell you're very excited already. And I know you said yeah. before, the main thing you guys want to do is just keep winning games in your conference. That's your biggest goal coming into yep. this year. And that's another question of mine was, what's your biggest goal for this year as a team and then as an individual player? And I think you've already answered as an individual player, you want to get better. Skating-wise, like you were saying – Obviously, it's a transition to playing college hockey. So your second year, yeah. it's a good transition from your first year to second year. It's going to be a lot smoother transition than your freshman before your freshman to your freshman year. But how are we feeling about this upcoming season? I, I can tell you're excited, but I'll let you answer it on your own too. Yeah, yeah. Our coaches have been preaching since the end of our, uh, end of our last season that nationals is our goal. If we do, if we hit nationals, that is our goal. Nationals are bust. That's what we need to do. We are a fifth year program, so we are still pretty young. Last year was our best season ever we had uh doubled our wins from the previous year uh we beat a ton of teams in our conferences so we we know that we can play to that level and we did lose a lot of key pieces like we're talking about able christians uh thomas hendry was another big piece uh growth was another one just a lot of guys we missed but we do have a lot of guys coming back the Beanick twins 
uh, Troyer, Kucera, and then uh, Tails, who's actually uh, going to be our captain this year. Uh, we're looking to, we're looking for nationals. We're looking to get back in Marlboro. We're looking to play there and um, get to nationals. We want. We would love to win the WAC, whether regular season or in the uh, in the postseason. We need one of those to make nationals to, to qualify. Win. Qualify is you're ranked in the top twenty five. You win your division regular season, or you win your division postseason. Those okay, three that's three chances there, which is great. So there's a very, very high chance um, that we. No, I shouldn't say very high chance. There is a chance that we make it. We just gotta, we gotta work hard. We gotta win every game, all our conference games. We gotta get every point, whether it's two, whether it's one. We need to get every single point to make that push for the nationals and hopefully show that Concordia is not just some small NIA school that can't win hockey games. Mm-hmm. And yet, you guys have turned the whole program around just great. And you're a fifth year program, so it's going to be. You got to have growing pains. You're growing pains your first year or two, maybe three yep. years. You got to recruit. Obviously, you're just stepping in. Being a hockey program, I think it's probably the hardest po- sport to just step in and start playing. I feel like probably that football. Both very hard to just step in and play since you have to recruit. You know yep. what I mean? It's tough to recruit guys, especially for hockey too, because a lot of big schools are on there in Michigan. So it's hard to yep. recruit guys, and on the East Coast too. But on the West Coast, there's not many schools there, so it's a little probably easier to recruit guys from there. Guys are from. California, so it's easy to recruit them to come play on the East Coast since there's not many schools around there, if any, really to play yeah, for. They do, they do have a good bunch of hockey schools. They have San Diego. San Diego State has a team. Uh, I know Oregon has a team. UNLV is probably one of the top ten powerhouses in our really? league. Really? I didn't know that. Are. See, I was thinking there weren't going to be many schools there, so it's probably well, easy UNLV to recruit. Very, very good. UNLV okay. is very good. They're, the, uh, they're very competitive. They compete with Liberty, who's also they are the very good team. They would compete with Lindenwood, who just made the jump to the NCAA one level. I saw that. Yeah, Lindenwood's coming in. Yeah, I saw that, which yeah, is we awesome. Have, we have a couple teams that could definitely play it. Like Adrian could play NCAA one, even though they have a D three team. Mm-hmm. Uh, they could play um, just a lot of our program. A lot of the teams, whether on the East Coast or West Coast, are very strong. It's funny. A lot of the East Coast teams for our division are a little bit weaker, just because of the NCAA three level. Just leveling it out, it makes it a little bit harder because it's double the teams that are trying to look for players. While in the Midwest and out west, uh, there's less NCAA D3 teams. In the Midwest, I can only think of Adrian and Trine. Mm-hmm. And, and then Finlandia, which is a much smaller school. Yeah, I actually know Finlandia. Yeah, I've heard of that. But yeah, it's tough, though. As I was, was going to say, I think it's tough to start a program in hockey and football because I think. Yeah. I think yeah. hockey is. I didn't realize there were that many schools on the West Coast, but I was thinking it'd be easier to recruit kids from the West Coast than a nasty just to come play yeah. in the Midwest. But yeah, I, I didn't know that because I know in Michigan it's really hard to rec- recruit guys there because there's so many schools, so many yeah. options in that area, whether it's Indiana, yeah. Illinois, any of that. You know what I mean? There's a lot of options there. Minnesota, big big hockey uh, state there. Yeah. A lot of big hockey, a lot of really good schools all around the area. So it makes it really hard. But um, we have a really good coach, Dave Wilberg, uh, drafted by the Devils. Uh, he played over and overseas for a little bit. Uh, he played at U- University of Michigan, so he's uh, local of the Ann Arbor area. Um, mm-hmm. So just his stature and his name. And just what he knows, just his hockey skill base and what his knowledge of hockey is crazy. He critiques my game the smallest bit, and I'm, I'm better like that. Like a small conversation with him just changes the game. Uh, coach Sotomayor, who is our defensive coach and our goalie coach, same idea. He played at Wayne State, played goalie there. Really good guy. Just the two, two of them alone completely change what our program can give because of their knowledge. They, they, they draw kids on their own to our program. And that's what you want, though. That, that I know in Northeastern, too, a lot of the times guys sign with Northeastern because they say they like Jim Madigan, who's the former coach, and I think got Jerry Keith, because of that. I think it builds a great culture, and I think if you can recruit guys just based off who your coaches are, obviously what you're doing on the ice is important, too, but if you yeah. can recruit guys just based off of the culture, 
Exactly. Wins are just going to come with that at the end of the day. Exactly. We have a very strong culture in our locker room. We do brick by brick. Yeah, just the ability to go by brick by brick allows us to put every brick together and just where everyone's a piece. Whether you're the cement, whether you're the brick, you're every part of it, and you're just working together to push towards just getting better as a team, a program, yourself, just on and off the ice as a person. The idea is just we're always building to be better. Definitely. Brick by brick. We're brick by better. brick. They always say get 1% better every single day. So you build exactly. small you know, progress every single, every single day builds up to obviously immense progress and a lot of obviously being a hockey school too, you've got to be able to put in the work and progress is very important, especially considering now when you go back to school, you guys would just be practicing, but you still want to see progress in practices before you get on the ice, playing real games, playing, you know, some of those schools like you were talking about, Adrian, very good schools. You've got to be your best now. Every single day you want to be the best so you keep building and getting better and better, you know. So I think that's obviously a big thing, especially in hockey Practice is very important, and especially conditioning-wise, that's probably the most important thing, because I know watching hockey, a lot of them guys get gassed two-minute shifts sometimes if they can't yeah. get off the ice, can't dump the puck or something. Sometimes that happens when you get gassed because of that. So conditioning, obviously, I think that's a big thing of building brick by brick. You're not going to be able just to stay out there for two-minute shifts you know, on a limb. You've got to be able to put in the work in the off-season, stuff like that. So I get that. I like the brick by brick line. I think that's a very good piece to build on and build by. And I'm sure a lot of your hockey coaches, whoever you send this to, whether it's the players on the team, I think a lot of them agree with that and did like that. So that's great. Anything else you want to talk about the hockey season before we jump? We'll jump to the Falmouth Commodores. Anything else you want to mention? Yeah, I just feel like all around, just our program is just making step-by-step, just getting better. Uh, our goal is to make nationals, like I said. Hopefully, if we make nationals, maybe we can hop back on here right before that. Dude, week. always. I want you to come on mid-season, well, dude. I want well, you coming well, on mid-season. That works for me, yeah. We're actually, if we do, if when... When we make nationals, there you go. Good, I'm with that. Uh, we'll be playing actually in Marlboro Mats. That's where the nationals will be this year. Yeah, for the next three, these are three or four years. They will be in Marlboro. So the rest of my time at Concordia. So hopefully, dude, we'll have more times playing there in front of the boys and uh, hopefully see some viewers out there. Dude, no, we'll be there. That's awesome. Yeah, I'll definitely be there. You, you guys got to make it then. Whether it's this year, next yeah. year. Obviously, I want it to be all three years. But if you make it there just once, I'd be sick. Obviously, just being there. And seeing you play, it's an accomplishment making it on its own. It's not easy to make, obviously. So if you make it, that'd be great. Obviously, I'll be rooting for you guys. And as I said, I want you to come on. So this is just my summer podcast. When I'm back in the studio, I want you coming in live on air, dude. We'll be listening live. Well, tell me what, and I will call. I know you'll be busy too. So what we can do, and I've done in the past too, you can have people come on, record it, kind of like we're doing now, and then I can just play it on air because I know you'll be busy. You've had practices late at night and and all that. You have a busy schedule when you're back at school, so we can do anything at any time. And obviously, it's going to be hard for you to talk, you know, on game day, obviously, or something. So we can do it around your schedule, game schedule, whatever it is, weekends if you have a day off or something, or midweek. We'll figure it out, but. I'm excited to get you on there to talk live on air. Obviously, now we're talking about the upcoming season. Now, when you're in the season, I think that's going to be even sicker. You talking about games you just had, scoring a goal, having a big assist, a big hit, a big shift. That'll be even better. Yeah, I would love to, love to have that. Definitely. I'm excited to have you on. So 